I'm sorry, but <laughs> Janet Jackson wrote a special song for this. Best of all, you're a nutty, nutty, nutty. <laughs> Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida. And this week's episode is... Sorry. Is the naughty professor to <laughs> the clumps. <laughs> Listen. It's Christmas coming up. This is we're coming up so close to the end of the year. Just let let us have some fun, okay? Well, let me have some fun anyway. Sure. I'll explain why we're doing this in a second. <laughs> but that Okay. Abby, I have a question for you. We're coming up to Christmas. Yeah. We're coming near the end of this fucking fucking year. What are you excited for about Christmas holidays? Um, so. Oh, no, I do have real. I was going to be really sarcastic about just being like, oh, sleeping uh, and food. Always <laughs> excited about food. Let's be real. But no, I am actually genuinely excited. This is the first time I've been like in a house for Christmas where we, we get to like decorate it. I'm excited. Bought a little um, light up reindeer for the garden. Um, like because you're you're, oh, because you've moved to a different place now. You're in yeah. Cambridge or wherever you are. Well, it's just because oh, yeah. normally, like, I'd be in an apartment in London, and then I'd move, and then I'd like go back to my mum's for Christmas. So Christmas is always just kind of like at my mum's house. Whereas now it's like it's my Christmas. Oh, that's so nice. So I get to decorate and put up a tree and get ready and plan the food, get stressed out. (laughs) I had a similar experience this year with Passover because usually I'd go to my mum's and I'd just sit there dying at their table. (laughs) Um, And because like it is just the worst. But this (laughs) year, Passover, oh my God, religious Passover. Oh my God. It's insane. You, you sit around and you read it, you talk and you read a thing for hours before you eat. Oh, really? Um, oh, no. And you and there's like a series of rituals and you're starving and everyone is really intense and all the kids want to say things and everyone has to be incredibly encouraging to all the children and then everybody has to sing and like one at a time. They're like, oh, my God. Okay. Um. And then it was like lockdown and well, you know, I'm going to do it. Everyone's doing it separately and that might be sad, but I was like, oh my God, it's my chance to do it how I want. That is exciting. And my rules without all the cleaning because you clean Passover. I mean, it's crazy. Oh my God. Religious Passover. I don't know if anyone's watching has seen Unorthodox on Netflix. I, oh, did I watch it? Did I not watch but it? Did I start watching look, it? Look, there's a Passover scene. There okay. is a Passover scene, and that is so accurate. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> so we did it our own way, and I made matzo ball soup, which is like t- Jewish traditional, but my family was always too religious to have matzo ball soup, if that makes sense. Like, there's all okay. these like secular ideas of what Jews are, which is not what religious Jews are. But I was yes. excited to be like, let me be this other idea of a Jew that's a bit more. I don't know. And I was like, matzo ball soup. My family never had matzo ball soup. Um, and just like, it was just relaxed and cool. 
and I had a good time. I was like, oh, maybe I don't mind being Jewish. <laughs> so That's I get so that. Nice. Yeah, it was really nice. I appreciated that a lot. It was nice. Um, I do so love I that. that. Um, I love that. So I love that I get to go on a little bit of a, a, a cultural adventure with you through through our movie choices sometimes. All right. Yeah, we've we've prattled on long enough. Stop avoiding the topic. <laughs> <laughs> now, why? Uh, uh, we have gone on. Okay, I agree. Look, but it's special. It's Christmas. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Everyone wants to hear us talk about Christmas. So I'm sure by the end of the episode, they're going to wish we just kept talking about that. About Christmas. Why are we doing The Nutty Professor 2? Why are we doing this movie, you ask? Well, The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, was the first movie I ever walked out of. And it would have been the last, except that I also couldn't sit through Twilight. I made it through <laughs> until it was Twilight, the second one or the third one. It was like the 10 minutes before the end. And I was like, nah, I can't even stay another 10 minutes. And I almost made it and I left. Um, so if it wasn't for that, it would have been the clubs. <laughs> I left and I thought, and I've always just thought that that was funny. And so I, I've done this just to make myself laugh because, uh, you know, I, I said to you before we started recording, uh, a lot of what I do is just to make myself chuckle to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing this just for myself. And if any, if this connects with anybody, then that'll be great too. But mostly I'm doing this because... It is making me laugh. Excellent. There's um, no what better reason to do it. I enjoy it more as well when I think you when you're like really into what you've chosen. I think that this podcast just gave me the opportunity to to just do this in joke that is funny for exactly one person, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go. Okay. I've got a summary. Just by the way, on Wikipedia, The Nutty Professor 2 is an American science fiction film. Just by the way. All right. So that then, The Nutty Professor 2 is an American science fiction film, did you know? Which was a sequel of a remake that originally started Jerry Lewis. Did you know that? It was the original yes. Nutty Professor. In, but in this version, it's Eddie Murphy. So Jerry Lewis played, you know, Sherman Clamp and Buddy Love in the original one. And then Eddie Murphy took up the reins and played fucking everybody in the original one. And then in this one, he plays <laughs> so many people. And the original one, you had Jada Pinkett Smith playing his love interest. And that's been replaced by Janet Jackson, who's a sweet, sweet, sweet DNA-snipping scientist that is Professor Sherman Clamp's love interest i'm making scissors with my hands for some yeah. reason like i just cool. snipping things snip snip dna um sherman has now created a de-aging formula and everything is kept in open flasks so they can fall over and grow a whole person from a dog and then this buddy love comes back um the thing that I f seems like a lot of people agree about this movie is like well done i guess but Oh my fucking god! <laughs> but like, well done, Eddie Murphy. Like, okay, like, it seems like that's a weird consensus on the internet. Um, you know, okay, so it's actually to me, I found it really fascinating reading reviews. Like, it wasn't what I thought. Um, so I'll ask Abby, uh, what is your comment on the film? <laughs> <laughs> 
the film. Okay, so when I first started watching it, um, I turned it on. And I just, I didn't really think about it, right? I think I messaged you. Because uh, I didn't think about what the what the movie was. Uh, I knew, but I wasn't really acknowledging what was happening. So I turned it on. I started watching it, and he d- had that first moment in the psych in this like the psychiatrist's office, and and Buddy Love was coming through, and I oh, just God. assumed it was going to be basically like a direct kind of rip off of the first one to a certain degree that like Buddy Love was just going to keep coming out and that was that was the movie. So I paused it, turned around to James and said, why the fuck are we watching The Nutty Professor 2? Why are we watching the first one? Like, where's the science? What is this? And he literally, at, at, when I pressed play again, he walked into the lab, started talking about <laughs> youth serum and made a dog become a little puppy. And I was like, oh here we go (laughs) and then i was traumatized for the whole rest of the movie (laughs) if you think about it it's movies like this that made us do this podcast in the first place yeah absolutely because perfection (laughs) i know because a lot of movies we've done there hasn't been a whole lot to be like balking at but this movie we're like Okay, so here's these popular ideas of science and labs and scientists and how science is done and that it's on CD-ROMs and whatever it is. And and it's so much fodder. It's actually a lot of fodder. Um, we can't really take the science seriously, but we can laugh at it. We can. So speaking of which... I have a particular scene that I want to highlight. Do you have any particular scenes that you want to highlight before um, we get into things? Well, there, yeah. So <laughs> there was one where it was like when they were having, okay, there's two aspects to this. When they were having the buffet dinner and I thought I was going to throw up when they were loading the plates up. I wanted to vomit. It looked vile, that food. But... It's one of the things where it's like, I maybe it's slightly contradictory to what um what you're saying about how, you know, everyone's like, you know, well done, Eddie Murphy. Because I actually found that the hardest thing for me was the level of Eddie Murphy. Because with all due respect, the man does not have vocal range. So it got to a point, especially in that buffet dinner, where I couldn't figure out who was speaking which character was supposed to be speaking. Huh, I was okay. hearing so much talking all over each other that I just found it so distressing. And I was just like, why do you have to be everyone? Stop being everyone. But yeah. it was. To- it's totally the most sequel sequel because <laughs> it's such a sequel. It's, it does exactly what a sequel is supposed to do, which is what people liked so much that you're like, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh he plays so many more people and the scenes are so much more extended. Mm. Uh, that was actually the scene that I wanted to highlight too. No! Obviously. Yes, but the <laughs> avocado, how funny was that little shot on the oh, avocado then some, avocado. somebody takes the avocado. <laughs> yeah. um, that was the scene that I walked out of originally. That was it. That was when was I walked when out. I was like, the I can't. plates up? Did you think you were going to throw up and you had to leave? It, it was just the extended talking, and I think with the burping, mm. the farting, I was like, I'm not, I can't anymore with the burping and the farting. Um, but as I, I rewatched it, I'm sorry, I was like, this is 
some kind of brilliance. This is <laughs> some kind of brilliance. I hear what you're saying about the vocal range, but he embodies the characters very specifically. Yeah. I think he builds a lot of personality around each person it's obviously each person is like a caricature of a kind of person that's sort of like in the black community you know the mother the grandmother the, that like it's obviously these strong caricatures um but it it's this is this is brilliant i'm sorry like <laughs> this is brilliant it's look it's not uh did we ever think that we'd be sitting here it's not going to win a year and a half Oscar. into the podcast, and Frida is talking about the brilliance of the Nutty Professor Two, the clumps. But how about this line? Is so funny with the grandmother. She's like, "Give me a knife and a straw, and I'll do a tracheotomy." I'm not even going to try to do it in a voice. But when he's choking, and they're like, "Do this, do that," she's like, "He's like, she's like, give me a knife and a straw." Also, because how much she hates him and how much they've been fighting, <laughs> and so her line of like, "Give me a knife, give me a straw, I'll do a tracheotomy." What a funny fucking line. I mean, that is such a funny line. Um, and the fact that they put on that much makeup and prosthetic so he could f- probably just improvise the whole fucking thing. Yeah. How much yeah. effort it's, it boggles the mind. He probably just improvised the whole fucking thing. Come on. All right. Did he? I don't know. But, I mean, it's just crazy how much effort they went into. So they can sit there. I think that, like, Roger Ebert was like, just to imagine, that, like, the effort that they put here put in so that he could sit there and like fart Do yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. just that you're just like okay um <laughs> speaking of which let's go into the the style of the comedy here which obviously as i you know look it's it's its own thing for me obviously when i was wherever old i was for me i couldn't take it um but you watching it you know, what do you, any comments on that sort of, on the, on the style of this sort of humor? I, so first off, you sent me something about, <laughs> you said something a about, boy. I don't know if I'm spoiling it, but you were like, I'm going to do a that. bit in defense of scatological humor. And I went, the fuck is scatological humor? And I had to Google it. <laughs> so that was first off. And then when I started watching it, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to have an open mind here because of what you said, I was like, I'll have more of an open mind. And I couldn't really find my way to doing that because I just find it so uncomfortable. I dislike it so much. Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of me as well. Um, but then, obviously, I've mentioned my Mozart book like a thousand times. <laughs> she will finish for each it page, each page that's in it. I'm like a hundred pages from the end, yeah. which is crazy. It's like seven hundred, eight hundred pages. It's impressive. Um, and that was the f- I never saw the word scatological said so many fucking times in the beginning of that book. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this? This is crazy. And it turns out that Mozart was. Was just, I mean, disgusting. I mean, his letters that he wrote and, the, I mean, the way he would joke around and the things that he would say, he was completely obsessed with poop and farts. And more than that, very dirty. And um, so it makes you think, like, well, what's Mozart? I mean, uh, he's a writer of sacred music. And <laughs> and the writer, and I was trying to find the paragraph, but in the 700 pages, I, I couldn't, um, the word scatological was not in the index, unfortunately. I couldn't find, like, <laughs> exactly where it was that he sort of dissected this but what he said was so interesting um you know he might have been more than other people but 
back then, you know, and we're talking before there was any medicine, right? Mm. Life was terrible. And, um, you know, you died young and people lived in very close quarters and saw people rotting and dying. And they, the smell of people dying, they would go to the toilet on top of each other. They would have sex right next to each other. There was no way to hide these facts of life from one another. Whereas today we live in these big houses. We hide these ideas. Sex can be hidden. Death can be hidden. Uh, going to the toilet, pooing, peeing, these are hidden. That is privilege. That is the way the world has changed. Back then, nothing was hidden. I mean, you saw it all. It was up there. The fact that they would, you know, the empty things into the same river that they would eat from, drink from. And people would get sick and die and there was no medicine. And so when you think about this, having this sort of sense of humor and being honest about these things, open about these things, it's more of a reflection of this is real life. This is what happens when people live on top of each other and this is what they see and this is what they're aware of and there are no secrets and there is no hiding it. And I thought that that was an interesting point of view where we live sort of so much space between people that we can hide from each other these things, which are actually just, honestly, very essential parts. We're talking about farting, pooping. These are parts. This is how our body works. (laughs) This is natural. This is normal. It's funny. Like farts are funny in terms of like what you have to laugh at when maybe things are tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> farts are funny. Like, I mean, if you, I, yeah, if you fart in the middle of a yoga class, like what else are you going to do? You got to laugh. <laughs> Good for you if you don't laugh at this stuff. No, I mean, but I don't, kind of, I, yeah. but I don't think it's a right or wrong thing. That's, I, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think that I'm like, oh, you know, that's terrible. That's so disgusting. It's not funny. What is wrong with you for laughing at that? I just think it's, there's, just lots of different types of humor in the world and that's just one that I just don't get I don't like slapstick humor either I just don't find it funny mm. it doesn't get a reaction out of me good. you know and that's, that's just really good. a thing that I just kind of have I guess yeah you know I, I can I, I it, yeah but sometimes it, it can make me really laugh the yeah. humor I like I love British humor a lot and it's funny because yeah. British humor is like the opposite of this British humor is like there's a silliness but an intelligence and it's like usually drenched in like suggestion and 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 subtext and like I I sometimes like Monty Python humor which it's like this elevated silliness which is so silly that you have to have a degree from Cambridge (laughs) to to get how silly it is that I will but it's like a truth about life but it is said with such suggestion and it's so hidden that often it will only occur to me later on what it meant so not necessarily the nutty professor too no but there's a degree of intelligence and education you need to appreciate monty python and that excludes a lot of people Mm. so i don't want to turn my nose up is my point um moving on from the style of comedy and the toilet humor obviously eddie murphy's donned crazy amounts of prosthetics and costumes and it's like insane and he becomes all these different people yeah and then when and then eddie murphy himself turns up i'm like you're the least interesting person right <laughs> buddy love is just like oh get out of this movie boring. get out of this movie <laughs> sherman's personality like i love i feel like he I really just... came through he was kind of lovable we'll talk about him later yeah okay okay um there's one more production thing before we just talk about some cast i just want to say the music i'm sorry but <laughs> janet jackson wrote a special song for this and it plays at one point i don't know if you heard it 
She wrote a special song for this I wrote it. Yes. And the titles at the end or the credits. I didn't hear Oh, the, at the um... credits. It plays when they're like driving in a bridge and it was like, best of all, you're a nutty, nutty, nutty. Uh, no. <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, her style. It's like. Oh, my God. With it, yeah. That comes up. Okay. You're a nutty, nutty, nutty. I was like, no. Amazing. No, you didn't. Amazing. I can't even. <laughs> All right, cast Eddie Murphy. Obviously, um, we'll talk about the science character a bit later. But um, okay. Eddie Murphy, I thought I just like, um, yeah, I feel like Eddie Murphy at his height might have been a little bit before my time. Right. And when I look back on a lot of his humor, I'm like offended by quite a lot of it. Um, but I get his just talent is off the charts. Uh, do you agree? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. There's things I've seen him in that I've thought he's been great in. And then there's things Mm -hmm. like like this, like when Buddy Love comes out, it's like, you're just loud. You're just so loud. Yeah. Just a lot of shouting, a lot of screaming, a lot of like, just agree with me. And you're like, all right, chill. But yeah, there's definitely like, I don't know. I mean, coming to America, for sure. (laughs) For sure. That was a very Mm. good movie. Um, I think that's yeah. where he's because he's calmer and quieter in that, and I really enjoyed him. Yeah, the st- I'm saying the stand up that original one with the leather suit. Like when I yeah. watched that, for me, I, f- I found that hard to watch. But uh, he's obviously a specific style. He's obviously, uh, yeah, like it's clear to me he's a mate. Like the way he plays the mum, the little subtleties mm. with the mum, the walking through the perfume like that, like the yeah. subtleties. Like he is quite brilliant. And the grandmother. I mean, apart from, I find the sort of ageist stuff with the boobs to the floor. I, fi- I find that yeah. shocking and sexist. But um, she was fucking funny. I am sorry. <laughs> that scene where she's trying to seduce Buddy Love. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I feel so vulnerable. Oh. Right. Okay. It's amazing. Like, I th- just the little his inflections. I just think it's crazy. Anyway, it is really, really funny. Okay. Who else is in this is um, Janet Jackson. She's such a sweet science lady. She's right? a treasure. Yeah. I loved her. Are you being sarcastic? I loved <laughs> I'm her. Not. I genuinely, she was, she was the best yeah. thing about the movie for me. <laughs> All right. Should just, we talk more about her character later? Okay. But we yeah. love Janet. I loved her. I do love Janet Jackson. Yeah. She was wonderful. Was there we'll anyone else? Way more oh, about. One. Yeah. Yes. Uh, J- James, there's a James rep on. I feel like Larry Miller, who plays the Dean, might have been. Uh, yeah, on. that's. Um, you are not going to Sarah Lawrence. That's who that is. Yes. <laughs> He's that's funny. all I could think the whole way through. <laughs> that's from um, The Taming of the Shrew, uh, 10 Things I Hate yeah. About yeah. You. He is so funny in that. What good timing. He yeah. is so funny in that. Okay. Another little section here, which is like, there are so many callbacks to other films we have done. I cannot even. I have three, but there are for sure more. Okay. Okay. The Fly, obviously. The Fly. Really? Oh How? my God, I can't believe you're saying I know, like, tell what? me. Oh, a little bit of animal gets in there. Oh yeah, of course. Every, of he thinks course. everything is fine. He just feels amazing, but of something's course. a little bit different. Obviously here he doesn't like slowly transform into a dog, but... <laughs> Everything seems fine yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Okay. Um, blowing up the moon. Which movie was that, Abby? 
We talked about blowing oh. up the moon. Isn't it Roland Emmerich? Action Roland dude. Emmerich film, yes. Isn't isn't he? Doesn't he have a new movie that was coming out? And I said it was going to be Josh Gad and Halle Berry, and they were going to have to blow up the moon. Blow up the moon, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't come out yet. I'm waiting for it. Where's that at? <laughs> Stupid COVID, <laughs> ruining it for us. <laughs> oh my god! And the greatest callback was to gravity, the farting propelling through space <laughs> with your farts. I felt like that was just a gravity callback. Is that, well, that's Wally. funny because you did, yeah, there was some, that I, that none of those are the ones I thought you were going to say because there was only one for me that I was just like the whole movie as a callback. True. Just it, not, not the, not the what's happening in the movie, but more just the style of everything was 100%, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. How do you show the kids is like the benchmark for like, right? It was scientists' just, experiments gone wrong. Like as it soon as get I, better. as soon as I like connected it more in my mind to Honey I Shrunk the Kids, I started to enjoy it more because I stopped looking at it for like what is this fucking bar? And I just went, you know what? This is what it is. It's like a family fun silly movie about silly crazy science dude with like no responsibility proper things. I don't know words and stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, Very just dry. to say I found uh, I found the name. It's uh, Roland Emmerich's uh, movie is called Moonfall and it's in post-production. It'll be out in 2022. So there you go. <laughs> Guys, get ready. As soon as Moonfall comes out, we're picking it. We'll be doing it. Freely you and me in the cinema straight away. Emergency episode, Moonfall. <laughs> so what was the movie he did? It was the Jared Levitt one. Is that his name? That was the one he, we had done? That, uh, uh, no, he was Independence Day. Oh, he was Independence Day. Yeah, so I think no. you said that. I think you said that um, when they blew up the spaceship, oh, the nuclear no would have blown up the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah, that they would have blown up the moon. Okay, funny. All right, um, let's do some tropes. We're obviously loads in. Who cares? We talked about Christmas for a while, but it's fine. Okay, um, trope of the week, Abby. Let's do trope of the week. Abby, I have three. How many tropes do you have? I have one and I have two not two callbacks. All right, brilliant. Go. Uh, Give so, me them all. Okay, so my one is just the whole fat shaming thing. It's the whole... Well, because I was thinking about it and actually it reminds me of you brought it up in um, another movie that we did. It was, Oh, it was when we did the miniseries and we were talking about... No, it wasn't. Oh my God, when did you talk about this? Incompetent fat guy. Oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, evil fat man. Yeah, evil fat man in Jurassic Park. So Sherman's not evil, but like, oh my God, the actual level of jokes, like at at the Mm. like fat jokes, just the level of fat jokes, mostly coming from the Dean. And I'm like... What? there's just a weird disconnect for me with this. I don't like it. I'm like, you're going on about how he's the most brilliant man. He's the most brilliant scientist. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But then you're making fat jokes about him. Like yeah. you're like, do you, I just, I didn't get what the dynamic was with that. And I was just like, can we just stop making fat jokes? Like it's not necessary, please. Yeah. It, it's truly, uh, yeah. And also when it ties into the women with the boobs that go down to the floor, it, it mm. sort of links again to ageism as well. Okay, what's your other uh, what other one? Oh, my callbacks are hashtag science lecture. Yep, I had that. Yep, oh, and, 30 second science lecture. Oh, yep. Brilliant. And hashtag sexy science pillow talk. 
Yeah, yeah. Same scene. Yeah, same scene. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, look. I was like, oh right. my god, Frida, it's callbacks right to the very first episode of the first two little um, yeah. hashtags you brought in for us. Science lectures and pillow talk. Love it. Her 30 seconds science lecture is, oh, that's the bell. Oh, guys. And they all sort of run off. But yeah, their, their little um, interruption, they're sort of oh, like sexy, so suggestive. Yeah. The scientists getting excited. Although it's funny because I found this more realistic than the, um, what the fucking Natalie Portman one. Yeah. They were like really being sexy and it was ridiculous talk. But these two were nerds excited that yes. the other one is also a nerd. And I actually was like, I believe this. Yeah. This is actually true to something. Like, it's not that I'm being turned on. It's like, I'm so excited about you because you love science and I love science. Yes. And I'm genuinely excited about talking about it. And we're all giddy and giggling with each other. Yeah, and it doesn't matter that he's fat. Exactly. It's like the idea that like you are so you and adorable and nerdy and I love it. And she loves him, but he's so used to being shamed for his fatness that he can't ever believe anybody would love him. Mm. And I believed them so much. I so believed it. <laughs> this is why I love Janet Jackson so much. I was like, she was just so perfect in that. Like, I just, I believe she genuinely cared about him. It was so I lovely. Know. Oh yeah. Okay. So that is so funny that we agreed that. Um, what what's your what's your actual trope then? So I had sexy science pillow talk, uh, or just sexy science talk. Thirty seven movie lecture, and the other one was my one that callback was um, percent percent the percent. <gasps> just percent used randomly, me like a yeah. <laughs> I'll bring it up later. I, know, but I cannot way, wait. Percent. Uh, you know, it's just it's just that. Okay. Cool. Let's go. Let's talk about this. Let's start. Um, um, I feel like it's become a celebration. That is great. We've gotten out of the way sexism, ageism, fat shaming. Yeah. Out of the way. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, sorry. <laughs> Can we talk about this lab now for the rest of the episode? <laughs> I mean, first of all, the fact that it was like lotions and potions. It was like Harry Potter. It was like the potions dungeon. Remember they had like some neon color just to... <laughs> make it as bright as possible all the graphics displays were like just the most simple thing you could possibly see with just like one little image one image and one bit of text or something it was just like hey make this potion brighter it needs to be more pink so that so that we know it's not the one that's yellow like that's how we know it's different than the other one it's the wrong one signal to the audience that this is a different potion than that potion but in a flask they were like is this what this flask is for just on the table when the dog came in like the only thing i've written down about the entire lab is in all caps put your shit away i was just like why is the dog nothing in storage properly why is nothing sealed why is there no like biohazards type stuff like you're working with actual chemicals what are you doing so in a real lab, if there was an open flask, it would be in one of those um, uh, fume, with the vent, fume hoods. What, f- a fume hood. Yeah. yeah, it'd be under a fume hood. Yeah, <laughs> and the fume hood is there so that you don't get anything accidentally venting into the lab. Yeah, and you yeah, have to so keep it sealed hood. when there's stuff in there, and especially if this container's open. And sometimes you need to put your hands into those big gloves and use it with the hood always closed, and like. <laughs> 
perfume hood. Yeah. Um, why was the dog in there? One thing about in the in the defense of the lab, which we didn't get in the Hulk, was that the office was separate from the lab. This is true. It did. Oh no! Wait, I will say this. Even though the the stuff that was out there with the multicolors and the rainbow of like chemicals and the just shit being out with no lids and random beakers and as you said lotions and potions, it definitely looked like a lab. <laughs> Like, the yeah. setup was a lab. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did like that the the program was on a CD-ROM. <laughs> like, this is the thing, uh, my discovery. Uh, do, here, <laughs> play it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't really... But you know, actually, I have to say that when I was doing... Um, in the physics of, you know, maybe people are slightly backwards in physics as, as well, behind things. And also it was, a, I guess, a little bit ago. But um, I burnt my codes onto CD-ROM, uh, like the versions of codes, because the, the, the optics guy that I was working with, um, that's what he did. So my supervisor would photocopy like things like that he would like photocopy and like stick it with glue inside a log book that was his way of backing things up firstly um but the guy that i did the experiments with he'd be like your versions of your work or the data like you date it you burn it onto a cd rom and you save it and that can never be like that is safe oh my god so i'd be like november shit from this experiment and burn it and then keep it in like a cd and and that was how I backed up. Wow. I love it. How funny is that? Burning it. Like it's, yeah, this was, there was no mention of any cloud storage, but yeah. like this way your computer, like the idea was like your computer could be wiped at any moment. You don't store things there, but no hard drives either. It was CD-ROMs. I mean, brilliant. Um, CD, Yeah. So funny. That reminded me of um, my youth in in the physics department, uh, where people are a little bit like distrusting of computers. <laughs> I was. I, don't, I think I've said this before. There's know. a there's a professor from like where I did my undergrad, and I'm not going to call anyone any names. But if there's anyone at Kings, y'all know who I'm talking about. And you walk into his office, and it's just stacks and stacks of uh, paper in like all those like manila folders. And I remember going in one day and just being like, how do you know where anything is? It's just, it's like, you know, those hoarders with newspaper stacks. It's just like that with paper. And he just picked up this one folder off the, the top of the pile and went, this is all the important stuff. <laughs> Put that down. And I was like, dude, how? There was a, 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 the pure maths, the pure maths professor who did algebra and number theory, which was probably one of the best times in my entire life was algebra and number theory. <laughs> like I came up with my own theorem and he was like, great, do a proof. And I like did a proof and I called it Frieda's little theorem. And it was like, it was about Pythagorean triples and the fact that there were infinite number of Pythagorean triples where A and B were different by one. That was my, like, that is the level of... <laughs> fun that we had anyway um his office was so many papers like that that he needed a double office i never saw in the maths and the maths 
the maths department it was the last department to get a renovation and it could be still standing in its form today. Like every other part of that campus was renovated. The maths building was just... Oh, my God. <laughs> and his office was double. And you walk in there and you're like, it's double because he has nowhere else to put his pile of papers. <laughs> he couldn't have been a nicer person. He couldn't have yeah. been a nicer guy and more excited about things but <laughs> yeah it was like hoarder level of like this is so deep you are so deep that you don't want to touch any of your pile so that they gave you a double they had like opened his office into another office <laughs> because he can't change the only the space around him can expand to make room for oh his piles <laughs> that's amazing memories oh my god um all right so the lab environment <laughs> Oh, gosh, CD-ROMs. That was that segue. Okay, fine. Um, All right, let's talk about our scientists. Sherman Klump. I liked him. I really liked him. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the majority of what was going on with the characters, to be honest. But Sherman, I he's just so genuine. So genuinely likable. Like, I just loved him. I was like, you're fucking adorable. I I Mm. thought Eddie Murphy was brilliant at it. Like, he was the one where I was like, okay, I'm with you for this guy. I'm with you for this guy. And I was with him for the mother as well. I was like, you know, the sweetness in the mother. She was genuinely sweet, wasn't she? Uh, The rest of them, I was like, yeah, I don't care. The mother was fantastic. Um... Eddie, the way he laughs, that's the way Raph laughs sometimes. Raph has a weird laugh where he goes, (laughs) (laughs) he chuckles to himself. Um, It's so weird. But I loved his little, (laughs) Um, I hated when he started to get the buddy love and he was being rude to Professor Gaines. I really hurt me. It was shocking. (gasps) That scene with the mariachi band, I I couldn't watch it. I was just like, this is horrendous. I couldn't watch it either. This yeah. is awful to watch. And not and I'm not talking about for the character, I'm just saying from a pure audience point yeah. of view, I was like, this is I was really thankful to be honest when they did actually because I like I said, I thought that was just gonna be the the whole movie. So I was really thankful when they did grow Buddy Love from the dog hair, which I'm sure you're gonna talk about in a while. Uh, and at least he was separate from him then and it was like, Okay, that's fine. He's we don't have to deal with those weird cringy outbursts anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And speaking of that, we just jump here real quick to the firefly scene. Actually, um, when when he <laughs> when he um, when she mounts the, the, um, the fireflies, bring up Raph just once again because I, as I was um, preparing for this, uh, it was like a reminder on Facebook that I wrote a year ago. Raph has said to me over breakfast, he was like, "I wish I could be in America on that day that all the fireflies light up to find a mate. It'd be so beautiful." <laughs> oh. As he said at breakfast, I was like, geez, child is the best. Um, but it is true that the fireflies, it's like one day of the year, one time of the year, where they light up in unison oh. to find a mate and then they cease lighting up as, as well at the same time. It's a real phenomenon that happens wow. like once a year. That's amazing. And it is supposed to be beautiful. Yeah. Um so that is a that's a real thing. Yeah, I felt like they were real scientists, and yeah. we can jump to talk about was it Denise Gaines? I wrote yeah, her I'm name sure. without even checking it. I'm like, it pretty. I'm pretty sure that was it. It's a yeah. good name. So we have Denise Gaines as well, who is a 
up and coming star and she's also you know she's been offered a position at a at a good university uh she snips dna and we've talked about the fact that she's sweet and they're sweet but is there anything else that outstanding that you want to talk about denise Gaines? i thought she was like very um i really i liked her 30 second lecture i liked her kind of interaction like she was the she was the sane one she was the kind of as everything was going mad, she was the one that you, you kind of, you felt like you, I felt safe with her. I trusted her. I trusted her um, abilities and her <laughs> command, uh, command, I don't know, not command. Yeah, maybe a little bit actually in that lecture. I felt like she had command of the room in the lecture. They didn't make her like a silly one because she was so sweet. They didn't make her naive or like antisocial or incapable of having control yeah. as a scientist and being a good scientist. You know, they made her like a strong woman who was just very sweet. It was lovely. Very, yeah. Yeah. And I loved her family. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that they were all eating a lobster each, you know, it was just so funny. Um, she, yeah, I really liked her. Like she wasn't anyone's like, she wasn't an, an idiot. They, the, the class wasn't disrespectful and, um, yeah, I, I, she was so believable. It's so yeah. weird that Janet Jackson did a really good job and it was believable as a scientist and they were believable. Like, it seems sort of like some weird miracle that Eddie Murphy and Janet Jackson make this highly believable scientific couple. It was lovely. And that scene, can I just say sorry, because it just made me think of it, when they go to her parents' house and they get to the door and he's like, well, it's okay, they're not rocket scientists. And she's like, well, actually. It's like, oh, damn. I loved it. Oh. It was so nice. Yeah, so proud of their daughter. But I love that. I, I found it really funny that they, it was like, it was like this same way that the, the lotions and potions were like green, like very simple to indicate to the audience. This was a way to indicate to the audience that they are rich. Everyone yeah. has their own lobster. It's just the Wednesday. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was like rich people. Like, <laughs> Amazing. All right. The last guy, you had Jason, the lab guy, who yeah. obviously does everything. Classic. Um, does it all. I can't, I didn't list off the things that he does, but he does everything. He, he's like the Ruby Roundhouse, whatever. Her, no, no, that's not her name. Ruby DJ, what the Ruby Blue. Oh, yeah, Jax. Jax. Jax from the the Meg. Yeah. Who does it everything. Jack, that was Jax it. of all Jax. trades. That's what it is. Jax, Jax of all trades. trades. That's our trope. Um, yep. <laughs> jacks, jacks of all trades. So, so Jason, the jacks of all trades. What do you reckon about Jason? I thought I, I 100% I was like, yeah, absolutely. This brilliant scientist dude who's also just a little bit like, oh, bumbly is 100% going to need like, I assume some sort of like senior PDRA guy who's like, yeah, I, I do everything. <laughs> you... Sherman's obviously got the genius in the brain, yeah. but like Jason runs that fucking lab, man. He knows what's going on. I mean, he let the dog totally. in, so he also fucks up, but still, he runs the lab. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are 100% right. Yeah, someone like Sherman needs a Jason. Yeah, I love Jason's, um, the neurotransmitters, the cerebral cortex. <laughs> he had so much of the science babble. Um, again, you know, smart, glasses, thick frames. Smart guy, but, you know, yeah. it wasn't thick all the way. It was thick just at the top, you know, like <laughs> this kind of guy, not the kind of guy with all the way because that would be your kind of um, Steve Urkel type, you know, sort of like right. a little bit too dim, 
dim. But if you want a guy to be smart, but like properly smart, but not like annoying, then the glasses are only thick at the top. <laughs> I just decided that right now. What's the difference between a guy with the glasses thick at the top? It's like, no, he's really smart. Okay, we smart have a new the... metric <laughs> when we watch yeah, these Yeah, thick movies. all around okay. and the character is a bit more of a mockery. And if it's thick at the top, then it's like, no, this is our resident smart guy. Okay, Okay, done. cool. Got it. Sorted. <laughs> what are you signaling? If they were trying glasses on the character, they're like, no, too much. That's enough. We okay. know how Frida Science. loves to diverge into a bit of a glasses talk. Remember the Tom Fords? <laughs> I do need new glasses. I have these clear glasses and I sit on them a lot because they're clear. Um, it's time for new glasses. I'm excited. So let's go over some science stuff that happens in the movie. We've gone over the fireflies. There's one other thing, which is that farts. Do you like, can farts catch fire? Oh, my God, Abby. Yeah. Of course farts can catch fire. What a question. Yeah, but like to There's that extreme of... where they set the fucking curtains on fire. Fire is fire. Curtains are flammable. Okay. What? But it was, like a, it was like a fire torch. I think that the farts, <laughs> the, the gas... The, the fire that usually comes from farts, it's very fleeting. It doesn't sort of okay. like push through the air and last. It, <laughs> it, it, it lights up and then it goes away. Um, but farts have a lot of gases in them and, and, and they'll be good, you know, scientific analysis of that robust, really. And um, <laughs> But in there that's flammable. We have hydrogen, oxygen and methane are highly flammable. So it can be easily set on fire. But yeah, it'll be like for a bit and then go okay. It won't like, it's not okay. like a flamethrower. Yeah, you can't use a yeah, flamethrower, exactly. <laughs> um, so they extract a gene and store it in a jar. That's this thing that I... So we talked about storage, and so I sort of thought like... That's buddy love! Sorry. It's buddy love in there, but like, how do you store a gene? Gene genes in a jar you in a jar yeah i mean you can extract dna and it does get dissolved like the last stage after extraction is called purification and it does get dissolved in something okay like a very very pure water for example um and that's how it's kept but not in an open flask it might be in a little tube but you probably have to store it at minus 20 or even minus 80 because otherwise you break down the, how do you say, the nucleic acids. Oh, okay. How do you say that? Yeah, if you if you can't keep it at room temperature with the lid off, it wouldn't be <laughs> I'm hot, shocked. hot pink. Okay. Yeah. Shocked that You'd the movie got it. DNA extraction okay. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm always, yeah, it doesn't get... It's not in a flask on a bench. It wouldn't even be in a fume hood. It would be stored correctly in order for it to be stable. Fine. Look, I'm not... It's funny, but a whole human grows from it. Okay, like it spills on the ground and it's like not only... Look, first, we'll deal with one thing at a time. A whole human grows from it. It goes on the ground and it's like bubbling and, and it's like they've extracted the gene which represents the part of him which his alter ego comes out of right so that his whole alter ego is in the jar i don't think it works that way like yeah it's part of him it's yeah 
how do they extract all of the DNA of Buddy Love? And then it's like, and then the jar, it's like that's just Buddy Love. That's Buddy Love's in the jar, and that's Buddy Love. <laughs> and then it's like, I what really confused me was that the thing spilled and the dog hair, and then Buddy Love grew. But what did he grow from? What was the thing that spilled? Because it can't be the youth serum. Because it's a different thing. So. No, it was they extracted, they used Professor Gaines's technology of gene snipping, which, you know, okay. has come pretty far yeah. since then. Um, and, and so that's what I'm saying. They extracted DNA, okay. stored it in, dissolved it in whatever they dissolved it in. And then that is the, that's the extracted DNA, which you can extract DNA. And then that fell on the floor. And so that was the gene that they extracted that he says represents the part of him that comes out in the form of buddy love and and but somehow a person buddy love grew from just extracted dna and dog hair one gene it was like this one gene and then the dog hair and so the question is like well a whole human is made up of many other things you need like carbon what else nitrogen i don't know tell me oxygen uh, what was it? Uh, uh, calcium, uh, iron, <laughs> <laughs> bones. You know, <laughs> I think that, Like, I think when I tissue. saw the dog hair going down into the liquid on the floor, I think my whole brain just went, "No, <laughs> um, no." Uh, yeah, so I guess it's like a splice. So the dog hair, which you know, they didn't extract the DNA from the dog hair, so it wouldn't have done anything. It would have bound to anything. So it it just be like, just remain here. If you have to carefully extract buddy love DNA, then you would have to carefully extract the dog DNA, wouldn't you? In order for those things to somehow interact with each other. Like, I love the convenience of like, oh, the Professor Gaines is like entire career is about extracting DNA, yet this dog hair falls and then that magically happens on its own. There's a little bit of inconsistency there. Just just a little bit. Okay, but but the dog grows from it. But then, I love that. Then they have to slurp him up, like it dissolves. Do you know what I mean? Like that, 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 that he becomes a person. We'll get to the baby thing, but then they have to like dissolve him back in water and eat him. Yeah, like eating him is a way to the graft the DNA by consuming, which goes into your stomach which gets dissolved and peed pooped out it doesn't get like you're saying it gets absorbed into my bloodstream from eating maybe but (laughs) just just is that how you get a new gene is it absorbed i don't know can you absorb i don't think so you can absorb into your blood i mean like the food that you eat if it doesn't get excreted which i'm sure it would have been in this case I just That's like there's the no way to make any sense of it. It's do you know what that that entire scene, all that scene is there for is it? Uh, and I actually, it's one of the reasons I actually liked that scene. It's purely there to be the fairy tale ending. It's the classic case. 
you know the princess is dead like they think the princess is dead and then like the guy kisses or yeah the cry and the tear goes on and then the tear like the magic of the tear what isn't that that's um tangled isn't it the magic of the tear brings everything back and so it was just that it was the magic of her tear brought it back and then it was just this fairy tale moment that i thought you know what i'm here for this disney moment randomly at the end of the clumps (laughs) great <laughs> i loved, I loved your it reading of that. that's your rating of it you're yeah. right it's like the last thing and then you're like what's the drip drop yes and he's drinking it and she's like he's like what's what's your mother's middle name? <laughs> what's, it? what's the square root of i can't even remember what number she came and that's like, it that's this the is apex. what scientists know this is how i know if you're smart this is the yeah <laughs> this is how we know we're at his peak but yeah what's the square root she's like drink more what's it like oh my god you're right it was like the last ditch moment where all is lost and he's sitting there and i felt really sad for him we'll get to that in a second but the de-aging formula turns him into a baby and then it's like a weird dirty baby i can't why was it no okay well you can though and you will yeah i've got something to say about the baby in a while Okay, you won't. Oh, I see. But so we won't talk bit, about the yeah. baby right now. But so the de aging formula, it, it's a de ages people, and you have the papa who's got obviously. Um, oh God! Yes. I saw a review which called it. Um, what do they call it? A Viagra resistant impotence. Uh. <laughs> God, aging just sounds like bad. Oh, we're already on the way out, love. oh abby all these movies about aging they just make me scared to grow old it is interesting how it is like a theme yeah it's like it's a theme that happens in so many movies and in a lot of this kind of stuff as well where it's not necessarily a theme that's taken seriously because it's the whole fountain of youth thing you know that's an age-old quest um throughout all this all all these stories that we've told is like the quest for the fountain of youth because everyone is so obsessed with not aging and i get it it's scary i get like the there's the side to it that is of course scary but at the same time it's like okay but just we need to learn how to live our lives and stuff and not be so obsessed Mm. with um but i firmly believe it though like what they're talking about in the movie it's like if somebody could come up with some sort of formula Oh my God, the money that those companies would be like, take all the money, yeah. have all the money because they know how People valuable take that it. shit is because we're yeah. fucking conditioned. People wouldn't take a vaccine, but if something says this will de you, the people will take it in one second. <laughs> then suddenly they're rubbing yeah. sperm in their face. All right. Um, <clears throat> just the last science thing, I think, <laughs> which is like, the percent yeah i mean that's that's the thing was when i saw that scene oh my god i just laughed so hard and because i was just like it's got all the things that you would love in it it's a bonkers computer graphic with a percentage sign and a (laughs) countdown it's like everything it's your wet dream of a fucking science movie (laughs) i know first of all the graphics that are hooked up to his brain all the time so the how's that happening yeah uh, I mean, I was guessing it was so, predicting. I was guessing it was like, well, this is how much time he has, so this is how much we're going to lose over time. So it's it like a, a simulation. Predictive thing. Simulation of oh, his brain. I didn't get that. Thank yeah. you. It was a simulation. So it was basically a percentimeter, which is basically a stand-in yeah. for again. 
it's signaling to the audience that 100 is the worst yeah. and we don't want it to get there. Um, and we're getting closer to it. So it just tells the audience there's a limit um, and this is reaching that limit. <laughs> like, so that's our per centimeter trope. But also, like, what is it that's, what is it that's being, because, like, is it cells dying? Because if they're dead, they're dead. Like, he can't just suddenly grow back when he drinks I, back in buddy love it's oh, like what exactly. so what was it that was going away because i was just looking at it and i was like but this is just telling me that there's just like so much brain damage that like there's no coming back from this because you can't re like re-what i don't know because i don't know what, what is, is what was coming out just the intelligence i don't know what what is brain damage exactly that's that's what i was wondering i was like what i was like my question was like what is brain damage exactly and like how does it show up and can you fix it like and i know that there's probably a lot of ways to fix it but can you fix it by drinking dna water probably not (laughs) i was trying to think like i don't know much but i've been learning about things and so i was like i've been learning about the image ways that things like dementia and stuff show up in certain Mm. images and like what's the signs that all this stuff is happening um like so is he it's like um well yeah it depends on what you're talking about he's he's experiencing some sort of dementia he's right like that's what's happening and he's and then eventually he loses his speech and i know that like that can turn up as white matter, like white matter lesions on the brain and also stuff like total brain volume and then atrophy. And like there are signals, all of these Mm. things that pop up in images that indicate that someone's brain is super frail. And, but yeah, I was trying to like, I'm still learning. I was trying to like panic and I was like, but like, I know (laughs) that there's also like to do with like damage from, I think like just neurological signals, maybe some of the, I'm, I'm, this is me not, not fully understanding now here or being able to explain very well. I've not looked into it. But what I can say from experience is that like when my dad got um, brain damage, he had it damaged his short term memory, but it wasn't a permanent damage. But it there was a lot of relearning that had to happen and it was it would never it would never fully recover. But I think when I was reading about some of it. There was just things about how there's certain damage that you can that can happen and then you can train your like you can train yourself to use a different part of the brain. There are certain connections that will allow you to to gain back things like that's why people are able to like relearn how to how to walk, how to talk, how to do all these things because they can use a different pathway. It might be the right or wrong language. Um, But like I kind of think if, if you're saying that like there's 70 percent brain damage i don't really see how that that gets yeah fixed. if the brain is dead then it's dead right yeah. or or maybe not like sometimes maybe some things aren't really or the only only way to know if a brain is really dead really is there's certain ways but maybe some ways are more like a suggestion that it might be yeah. um or a statistic that it was most likely to be but yeah jason does say that it's the neurotransmitters that are being destroyed which send the messages to the cerebral cortex so maybe his transmitters are being destroyed and then maybe yeah you're right and that's and that's what happens frida when you extract dna 
all your transmitters get destroyed. So all you need to do yeah. is drink the DNA water and you're fine. Drink the DNA, yeah. <laughs> if you drink the DNA, you don't have to like sit there in therapy, like physiotherapy. Or <laughs> you just it's drink just, it. It's instantaneous as well. Just make sure you drink enough yeah. so you can get that square root you drink back. It. Yeah, so he <laughs> takes the DNA, dissolves it in water, the DNA comes out of him. But then he has to drink it back in order to get his brain cells back but then where does buddy love go that's my question is he still in back there back in yeah back in because he's now accepted the fact that buddy love is a part of him oh like with the therapist yeah the and beginning. apparently all of his intelligence and ability to function as a normal human being is buddy love for some reason uh, yeah that is kind of a problematic suggestion <laughs> slight <All right>. issue <laughs> I, I want to do what the fuck now can okay. we do it yeah we can yeah all right let's play the music what the what the what the fuck okay speaking of all of that tell me your what the fuck abby <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, baby buddy flying into the woman's boobs and saying, got milk. Oh, yeah, that was the 90s. I've never been so uncomfortable with the scene in my life. As soon as the baby dropped into the woman's breasts, I was just like, okay, funny, stupid comedy. And as soon as the baby looked up and said, oh, got milk. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not okay with this. And then the fact that the camera like lingered on her no, and yeah. was shot from the angle and it was there for a long time. I know that's the kind of crap that I really ma- They just, oh, just no. Do you know what? I can't even say the words that I feel about it. I, it's no. I don't want to acknowledge. That's back to that. that yeah. no. Because she, it's like just because she exists and she's a young woman, therefore her body becomes an object for us to look at. Obviously, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we focus on it? Like that. But it's a suggestive comment like, you... coming from a baby. Yeah, the fact that the baby was like weirdly dirty. The fact <laughs> so that you're making wrong. breastfeeding and breast milk a weird sexual thing. Right? It's such only something a man can come up yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. Only something a man. And can And this come is up the with. why people get all fucking pissy about oh breastfeeding in public because they make it a sexual weird fucking thing. And you're like, oh, I don't understand you humans. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, Body Love as a Baby was a weird sexual baby that wanted to breastfeed. Yeah, I was not okay with it at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. There, there were so many things in this movie where I was like, no, Jesus, this... Ugh. And that, that comes to my what the Okay, fuck. great. Tell me, what is yours? Male rape jokes. Horrible. <gasps> this is so outdated, the fact that male rape is a hilarious joke. Yeah. is so... Like now that I have seen so many essays on this topic, when you look back on a movie which makes it a joke that a man is raped and turns it into a joke for the audience. Yeah. You know, I he's emasculation firstly, but just the fact that it's a joke is one of the like biggest sins of of cinema comedy, I, I would say, yeah. and TV as well, making this a constant joke. And it's completely, thankfully, gone out of fashion. Yeah. It, it's the, it's all to do... Like, I'm really interested these days in... Um, I'm trying to spend some time reading about it, but I don't... Like, I haven't gone too in-depth yet. But just the whole area of toxic masculinity and just the idea that there, there are these things that we portray that you're supposed to think are funny, 
because that doesn't happen to a guy or you know I just like yeah yeah the fact that male rape is emasculating starts the first part of the problem because it puts the shame on men that men can't ever speak up yeah it doesn't it's not emasculating but also rape is rape yeah this is very true the victim is a victim it's not because they it's like first of all it's mixing up the shame of enjoying something with the fact that you were attacked against your will like it's so problematic yeah i'm happy that this is not acceptable anymore and it isn't that's a little way that the world is a better place i'm sure still it's people suffer but at least films are not playing yeah it's good to not it's good to show like I mean, it's like anything, really, visibility. Like, stop making those jokes. Stop laughing at them. And people will stop putting them into fucking um, movies. Films. Or pe- like, people stop putting them in films. Be, so we yeah. stop thinking that that's, like, just a normal joke yeah. that people make. And, like, we all have to be a part of that. I left out something that I wrote, which is really funny. There's a point with a syringe... They like use a syringe for something, and I wrote that it's, it looks like the kind of syringe that you see in a donut. <laughs> you know how you can get donuts these days, and it comes oh. with like a syringe of caramel, and you're supposed to inject it inside the donut and then oh. eat the donut. Stupid! What? It's just a stupid it's a gimmick. Thing. Just, just fucking make a donut. I don't want a syringe of caramel. I think it's a dumb gimmick. <laughs> My sister makes donuts, and she just slices the donut up. And puts the thing in it. And so it's half open. Yeah. That is her donut. But that wasn't my point. Sorry. My point was that the <laughs> syringe that they used in this movie looked like the same kind of syringe that you find in a donut. Like a plastic syringe from a 50 cent shop. That's way too big. That was my point, Abby. Sorry. I didn't mean to talk about Sorry, donuts. Sorry, I was getting annoyed about donuts. <laughs> oh my God, Melbourne has the biggest donut gimmick. Fuck that fuck donuts fuck melbourne with the dumb gimmicks all we have left are gimmicks now fuck that shit all these donut stands i would never get over it oh better hanukkah's coming up so it's so there'll be a lot of donuts they're, they're simple though it's the jam or yeah. it's plain or it's got custard do, do you know that hanukkah because the miracle of the oil was that the temple was destroyed and they went back to the temple. They wanted to relight the menorah, which is like the ritual sort of lit every day by the priests. And, and the oil is always like incredibly pure and it has to be unopened. And they couldn't find any oil um, clay pots that weren't opened. Except for one, one that they found that they could light the menorah once they got back to the temple. And it lasted instead of for one day, it lasted for seven, eight days, whatever the, how long Hanukkah is. I don't know. But um, that, that, that's how, that's why it's seven days or eight days or something. Oh I, my like, God. I think in Israel it's seven days and everyone it's else is eight, eight days. days. Yeah. It's because Israel, but the time is later, so everyone does an extra day, whatever. Okay. So because of the miracle was oil, guess what, Abby? What? We deep fry everything in oil and of eat course. it. That is the, what Hanukkah is. Why do you think we have so much heart disease? Okay, you Everyone don't have to eat the donut, disease. all right? Jesus. <laughs> it's fine. But that's the level. That's Jews, by the way. Okay. You know, the Catholics are some ways. Jews go, oil, let's eat yeah. everything. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do our final verdict. Okay. Does it pass the Sam's test? <laughs> there is... One woman 
and then the other two women are played by a man. So no, no, a fucker doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and she's there, and the love interest is a woman. Uh, but at least uh, there's a new. Uh, uh, I I know we've done a few, uh, we've done contact in a few, uh, but after that I learned about a trope where female scientists only exist because their father was a scientist. <gasps> like it doesn't make any sense. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the interstellar when we do it, why, you know, there has to be some kind of explanation why this beautiful young lady would bother being a scientist. And the answer is my father was a scientist. Yeah. That's the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> and obviously, and he had to have like died tragically as well. You know, just yeah, to I have to finish his, his work. Yeah, finish his he work. would have liked me to be a boy, but I'm not a boy. <laughs> oh so God. I think there's a great TikToker called June Diane, and I think she has a, a funny thing. Oh, it might, it might, you know, it's probably someone else. I think I made yeah. it up. Anyway, um, I'll cut that. Uh, yeah, but so my point is at least she was there because she liked science and not because her father was a scientist. This, yeah, That was my point. Yeah. <laughs> Progress. Male rape jokes, but at least her father was a scientist. <laughs> okay. Does it pass? Here comes the science. Oh my I mean, God. No. No, but it's so it's cute. Not. I love how like simple, like drink yeah. the potion. It's great. <laughs> just pours it like, there's no involvement. He just pours it into the dog bowl. <laughs> The dog just centimeters. Up, and then suddenly it's a tiny little puppy. <laughs> like Percent, uh, in the dog bowl. Eat it. <laughs> Percentimeters, it has, this film has everything. Yeah. Potions, lotions, percentimeters, t- shocking graphics. Neon everything. <laughs> neon. Neon. Countdowns, 30 second film lectures, sexy science talk. I mean, this film has yeah. it all, so. Um, Let's give it a final verdict. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm giving it. It can only get one score. Well, I'm giving it at (laughs) 0.5. And that's only because Janet Jackson was divine and I genuinely liked Sherman. I'm giving it two, yeah. I'm giving it two because I like... Yeah, because... It is what it is. Okay. It is what it is. Okay. It's so goofy and so silly, but they're cute. Yes, they are very they are cute. so cute. And it is goofy. You're right. It's so goofy. I think I would have enjoyed it if it wasn't for the <laughs> scatological humor. <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed the whole story if it was a bit more on that, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids style of kind of silliness and wackiness. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But just all that kind of humor for me was just too much. I just... It's like, no, I think I tuned out for half an hour at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot, but I've definitely had a bit of a journey about scatological humor. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I still don't like it myself. Like, I don't like it. I love um, your journey, not the humor, just to be clear. <laughs> I won't, t- I won't turn, turn my nose up um, as much. Okay. All right. Now. We've got one more until the end of the year? Yeah. What is it? I'm excited. So, because we've done this silly batshit stuff, next week is a Christmas, right? Uh, perfect timing for our, uh, the end of our mini-series episode, Train to Busan, or wonderful Christmas movie that we chose this year. <laughs> 
So yeah, yeah just you know, just have some um, Korean zombies for uh, Christmas. Christmas. Why not? But well, so <laughs> <laughs> so I am not picking because it's the end of the year and the episode will be released on the thirtieth of December. I decided to pick not necessarily a well established science movie but more just like a pretty well established good christmas movie oh well it's a movie that we all associate with christmas frida die hard we're doing die hard oh good (laughs) oh fuck i love die hard i mean obviously it's yeah so get ready for some hans gruber some nakatomi Let's do it. Mm. Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers. What? I'm excited. <laughs> Die hard. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's great. So we, we, are, we are doing a Christmas movie. Yay. Uh, we'll <laughs> release it as a special Christmas episode. Well, it'll be on the With 30th. It. It's our last. We can, yeah, we can okay, mark cool. it as a Christmas episode. It doesn't do it. have to be. I love We're not going to try to be terrorists and, um, and ex-cop heroes. Shoot the glass (laughs) i feel like there's going to be a lot of like sciencey stuff we can talk about it though just from the action sequences so i'm excited about that amazing okay yeah great so you have had it it's the best movie ever coming up next i'm sure everyone everybody will want to listen about die hard we all have an hour and a bit to listen about die hard i mean (laughs) there's no one on this planet that will not delight in that so i think this will be the episode that really makes it for us (laughs) So please leave a review at Apple Podcasts. We have like four. Like, come on, anybody, just leave us a review, please. Please. Just so we're not screaming into the void. Please. Okay. So that was that. And is Train to Busan is next, did you say? Yeah. Oh, my favorite. Okay, cool. So if you want to get in touch with us, science at the movies at gmail.com. Instagram at science at the movies. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, as we call it. Merry zombie mass <laughs> and a happy and a, and a happy Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hanukkah's already been, love. Bye.